episode 95 of this Art of War Down Under's goodness stuffs things that I do this show. The show that you're listening to right now. Congratulations. Welcome. Um, my name's Adam. Like I said, I'm joined by the violence himself, uh, the thirsty one. I don't know, because he plays Blood Angels, red, red, thirsty one. Anthony Vanella. Hello, mate. How you doing? I'm doing great, man. Uh, I accept all of those titles. Uh, the Avenging Angel works. We take violence. Uh, future son of the House of Noise in The Emperor's Children when that comes out. Any nice. of those work. <laughs> nice. Oh, so, yeah. It's exciting to know that there possibly could be maybe, like, some kind of book that we've been needing for a long time for the two remaining Renegade Legions. Uh, sorry, oh, Traded Legions. Just, just, just give them to me. Just why, why are we still waiting? Anyway, yeah. uh, we are here to do part one of the Renegade Knight Codex review. For those of you who know the pattern by now, this will be our review of the detachment abilities, the households, and the stratagems. And then we'll be calling it a day and finishing off the entire rest of it next week. Um, but sit down, strap in, because this is a spiky, a good time. I like this book quite a lot. I find it janky fun. I find it amazingly spicy. And I find the amount of things that you're just able to do with a knight. Um, exponentially more than the imperial knights book but you work a lot harder for it is that a is that a, a first impression that you agree with yeah i mean this is this is my favorite book in the game right now they're super fun uh every game i play as cast knights i end up enjoying a ton they are i think really high up there on the power scale that might be a bit of a hot take um but i think in the hands of a player that is ready to rock with them it is it's they add so much uncertainty to your game plan that it's just such an interesting deep army and like you said you do have to work a little bit harder for it imperials than imperials imperials have a lot more of a straight line game plan but man the stuff you can execute in chaos is so exciting yeah totally agree tell us a little bit about yourself uh mate you are a coach of some kind i hear yes i am i am a coach on the art of war uh you guys might know them it's uh <laughs> Never heard of it's not no. this podcast name yeah. um yeah. so yes i'm an art of war coach uh they picked me up last year i've been doing a bunch of coaching stuff i've been doing a lot of especially since we've been doing this i've been doing a lot of coaching related to knights so if you want to know more about cast knights or imperial knights or have me build you a list and kind of break it down with you that's available through the website i am part of a podcast called 40k fight club on the best in tabletop network with myself and Innes and nathan where we break down the stats week to week that is on tuesdays on the best in tabletop network um yeah i do a whole bunch of stuff in a whole bunch of places listen to me talk about things or call me crazy. That also works. Plenty of people have. You won't be the first. You won't be the last. <laughs> yeah, you kind of just get used to it. As soon as you like start doing some content, everyone's got an opinion on your opinion. Oh Fantastic. yeah, <laughs> uh, it, it's it's a, it's a good fun. Um, but we are here to do. Of course, uh, this is a two part podcast. The first part comes out for you guys Tuesday mornings. Part two can be found over on the Art of War Down Under over on Patreon or, or over on the Art of War Forty K where you can find the part two of this one in addition to the part two of the lovely Art of War Unbroken and the venerable Art of War Vanilla Ice Cream. Always a good time. Uh, Paul Murphy and Nick Nadavadi show. 
Um, please, yeah, jump over and support us if you can. That would be greatly appreciated. You get full access to the part twos in addition. You get to have your say in the content that I create. Um, we are here doing Renegade Knights simply because that was what was voted. This was the order upon which it was voted when G-Dub decided to release three freaking books in one weekend. And I needed, to, I needed some direction from my, my subscribers and patrons. And it was voted that we did Imperial Knights first, Renegade Knights second, and then Book of, of uh, sorry, Rift War. Book of Rift War. Doesn't make sense. Um, we'll be coming directly after um, <laughs> this one. Um, but yeah, we're going to jump in. We're going to review this book. And the first up is the detachment ability. So following along at home, you will have access to this book by the time you hear this. This is page 55. Now, some of this is pretty much can be extrapolated and toned down to saying it's exactly the same as the Imperial Knights, the Traitorous Lancers, stating that if you have a certain configuration of uh, War Dogs, Abhorrent Class or Pirate Class, that being your Armagers, uh, Questorus or Dominus Class Knights for Imperiums, you get a certain amount of command points back for your super heavy detachment, should you build into it. Um, it's, the same, it's literally the same. If you have um, two Abhorrent Class and three to five War Dog Class, you get a partial refund of three CP on the six CP cost of your detachment. And if you have three Abhorrent Class or six war dogs and one or more titanic you get your full refund back in addition there's the fallen hero thing where you get to take your one free blade dread blade uh unit without breaking detachments and your towering foe for your five model obsec and count as 10 on your titanics but dude here we get to where the paths divide this is traitorous ambitions give us the breakdown here because we're going to spend a little bit of time here because this is really the things you need to think about on a way up yeah so the entire book Essentially, all of the choices you make stem out from this. This is partially true in Imperials, in the Imperial side, where you have access to the Quester Mechanicus and the Quester Imperialis, but a lot of their stuff works on either side. A lot more of the Chaos stuff is locked behind which of these you choose, partially because this will impact whether you want to play a more melee-focused army or a more ranged-focused army. Um yeah, I feel like in the Imperium side of things, you're pushed that way without being forced that way. I feel like yeah. here you are forced that way. There is no yeah, there's, there's definitely buts. a lot more shoving that ends up happening on this <laughs> side. And you can use Iconoclast in combination with some of the stuff we'll talk about either next episode or uh, later um, to shore up the melee portion of a thing. I know you talk about that a bunch, like even with Blood Angels, right? Where you're like, okay, you can take a bunch more shooting units and the chapter tactic of Blood Angels shores up your melee a bit, right? Yes, yeah, you it's well rounded iconoclast but it doesn't really work that way in infernal infernal just flatly does not bring the same melee power that iconoclast does so tell us what you get for each one so iconoclast gives you um each time a model with this ambition fights if it made a charge was charged or performed a heroic this turn until that fight's resolved they get plus one attack and they get plus one ap with their melee weapons this is massive both in the armor of contempt era and because they have cleave profiles that split yes. up attacks yes so this can be plus three attacks on a on a big knight sweep profile. In addition, plus one rend just just is so premium a thing to have in the current environment. Um, so this is plus two yeah. attacks on war dogs. Yeah, if you use the sweep for sure. Mm -hmm. And it also the additional rend on those sweeps goes a really long way towards making them threatening against the models that you want to threaten with them. Oh, exactly right. Um, I I think this is an incredible buff. It was it was the same previously, wasn't it? Yep, it, it did not change. I was actually honestly, I almost I expected it to get nerfed coming into this book. I was like, surely with ninth sheets they'll have to tone that down, but nope, <laughs> they just left that the same. It is very strong. Now, Infernal's pretty much stayed the same as well, right? But give us the breakdown there. Yeah, Infernal has a pretty key difference in it, so I'll break that down real quick. So in each of your command phases, 
Each model with this ambition can use a demonic surge. If it uses a demonic surge, you must do the following. Take a mortal wound on the model, and then roll a d3 on the table below, or take d3 mortal wounds and then pick one. This, in and of itself, before we even get into the bonuses, is rough. Taking wounds on knights for free without your opponent having to do anything with them is really difficult to manage and recover from. There'll be stuff to mitigate this later, but just keep that in mind as we're kind of breaking this down, because these buffs are quite powerful. So the first one is add three inches to this model's movement characteristic. Amazing. Obviously very good. Extra movement, always great. Um, Demonic Fortitude, which is transhuman, uh, which is less powerful on a T8 or 7 chassis. And the last one is Demonic Power, which is select a weapon this model is equipped with. Each time an attack is made with that weapon, plus one wound. This notably Mm. now works on melee weapons, whereas before, it used to be pick a ranged weapon this model is equipped with and give it plus one damage. So a couple of things here. One thing that knights never struggle for is strength on their profiles. Um, well, so in melee especially. Usually you are strength right. 6 minimum or better, if not strength 8, strength 10, strength 12, strength 16. Um, so strength yeah. plus 1 to wound is not a huge thing that you tend to struggle with. And then there's a lot of transhuman out there that negates any benefits you'd get. The middle one bothers me. Um, I'm, I'm going to tell you guys why. So first first and foremost, it has almost no effect on toughness 8 chassis. E.g. if you are a big boy knight, you're toughness 8 with your... 24, 26, whatever wounds. Um, it has very limited effect. You have to be strength 9 or strength 8 plus 1 to wound. Those are pretty far between. Um, in addition, you are taking damage to make yourself more durable. Easy, you are lessening your durability to make yourself more dur- durable because you are taking mortal wounds. Um, yep. And I, I've, I'm, I'm kind of of the opinion that if you're ever using this rule, you're always going to roll the D3. So you could be taking three mortal wounds to, to take off maybe four or five dice out of their wound pool. That seems to just be like a, a net a net zero sum, you know? That could just be like you gained nothing, lost nothing. This was a this was a rule that didn't matter. Um, so that bothers me. I mean, it, it is quite impactful on um, Warglaze and Armagus and, sorry, Wardogs, um, where you can be, you no know, Thunderhammers and, and Powerfists and all that stuff out there. The other thing that bothers me is the sheer amount of bookkeeping that goes up exponentially as soon as you choose Infernal. Turn one, every night in your, every unit in your army takes wounds, Hopefully you have 30 dice set aside just for wound counters because you're going to use them immediately. Yeah, you end up needing like dials or wound counters or all sorts of stuff. Um, The other thing too that can be problematic with this is like, I'm pretty sure the only way someone ever picks transhuman is if they just took like one mortal wound and rolled it. Um, Mm. We see you will, it's unfortunate, you'll end up with more infernal chaos knights list than you probably otherwise would just based on the strength of this because some really good houses are and i'm using this in a very loose term are unfortunately infernal rather than iconoclast mm-hmm. um and it makes sense from a balanced perspective but like it just doesn't it's not as good um yeah. in my opinion and, and don't get me wrong i still think infernal is very playable i just have some issues with the way the mechanic is worded i i think it should be i don't think it's, there should be a random option at all i think if i'm taking any damage i just want to pick like yep. I don't want to take damage and then roll to see what I get. I should just be able to. And EG, you can take, you know, you can roll a D three for and roll one mortal wound and just pick. But at the same time, right. I, you know, a tactic I've used in the past against infernal house um, knights is to get them all at, at their first bracket point and be like, okay, do you want to take damage and shoot worse? Because <laughs> yep. you're going to power up, you're going to take D three damage and go demonic power on all your Megaras. Oh, but I, I got you all to freaking twelve wounds. So as soon as you take one more wound, you hit me on fours. Or worse, I take you to your lowest breakpoint and leave all your knights on six wounds. I don't need to kill any of them because you're going to do the work for me. And then you have to be like, oh well, I guess I'm not powering it up because I might go to bottom bracket. And then your whole, your whole thing, your whole demonic surge and household trait, whatever it does, 
is null and void. And I feel yeah. like it's something you can, I can weaponize against my opponent, and I always hate that being a trait. Um, yeah. But still, like, I mean, I'm, 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 I am somewhat splitting hairs because you can just go first with Infernal Household, surge your entire army of Lightning Lock Moiraxes, and just wipe somebody off the table. Yeah, if there's bad terrain, or if someone didn't hide, like, they, they had the hubris to not hide against Chaos Knight shooting, you can just die. Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, the- you can. Or in addition, if you want, you can just go plus three move on everything, and then your whole army that wouldn't have got an angle turn one gets angles turn one, and you know oh, you yeah. start start the work there. The uh, the big thing with Infernal for me is they are the analog to the Dark Mech in the Chaos side. So the Infernal Households are the ones that like are are big allies with the Dark Mechanicus. Yep. I wish there they would have gotten an act on full strat, not to bury the lead too much. Yeah. Uh, but like that would have gone a long way towards mitigating this if you could just like not care. Yeah, see, um, uh, in addition, so when we talk about the Mechanica side of things for Imperial, that's the that tends to be the more DACA-intensive side, whereas the Imperial side is the, the melee side. Whereas yep. uh, uh, we tr- you and I both said with the Mechanica side's better, it's got better stratum some support, um, but the Infernal side, the Imperial side is the spicier, more fun, get in, get stuck in, go crazy. Um, feels like it's flipped this way, where I feel like just straight off the bat without seeing the strats, I'd rather be uh, Iconoclast over Infernal. Um, But I don't want to bash Infernal too much. I feel like I bashed Infernal a little bit too much. I still feel like there's plenty of play there. Yeah, Yeah, it's still really good. And they have have definitely, in my opinion, the stronger houses. So... Mm. Which is the uh, the next set of stuff. Well, let's just jump. <laughs> let's jump straight in, brother. Um, so, yep, this is the dread households. You guys know what's up. We're going to give you the full package one at a time, and we're going to break it down. I'll go first. This is House Hes- Heparax. I feel like there's supposed to be an S in there somewhere. Um, Heparax. I'm I'm horrible. Um, anyway, <laughs> Conquerors Without Mercy is their household trait. Um, add two to the wounds characteristic of Wargod-class models with this bond. Add four to the wounds characteristic of Titanic models with this bond. So that is pretty good. You go straight to, uh, what is it, 14 and 28 on your Questorus or medium-sized yep. knights. Um, their stratagem is Warping Presence is one CP. Use this strat at the end of the fight phase. Select one house uh, model from your army, Hepatrax model from your army, roll 1d6 for each enemy within 6 of that model. On a 2 to 5, the enemy just has 1 mortal wound. On a 6, it suffers d3 mortal wounds. Uh, meh! And then the Warlord trait is bow to none. This Warlord can ignore all modifiers to their characteristic profile. The only exceptions are the characteristic changes that result as damage suffered as shown on the data sheet. Each time this Warlord makes an attack, you can draw any or all modifiers to the hit roll, wound roll, or damage roll. And each time this Warlord advances the... Or, declares a charge you can ignore any roll modifiers to the eventual charge rolls and then lastly the relic is the crown of jetatha jetathra um jetta jetathra oh jesus um i'm gonna struggle with this book my god um yeah they do that a, a lot in this book <laughs> a pro class model or walk dog class model only each time a really attack is made against the bear subtract one from the attacks hit roll and this is a iconoclast house what do you make of it, mate? Uh, this one has a really good household bond, and then everything else you can pretty much close your eyes and ignore. Um, well, the, I was trying to get my head around if the Warlord trait was good. It would be great if it let you ignore bracketing. That's right. Uh, that was the one thing you want it for is the one thing it doesn't ignore. Yeah, I would actually let them take all the bullet points your way and just let me ignore bracketing, and then I would take it. But mm. it doesn't do that, so I don't really care that much. Um, a lot of the... Oh, sorry, and when, lot, when, when Anthony says bracketing, it means the degrading profile portion. Yeah. Oh yes, of a knight. So obviously, knights have a lot of wounds. As they get worse, mm. as they get, as they take more damage, they get worse. Um, a lot of things in chaos now, or in knights in general, like they start at 
like two to two up to hit as an example. So they're bracketing like if someone minus ones to hit you, it's not that big of a deal because you just go to threes. Yeah. Um, so this Whirler trait isn't always doing a ton unless there's armies that play with like ballistic skill over top of minuses to hit modifiers. Yeah. And we just haven't really seen a ton of that. It's really it's really weird, isn't it? Because that's what I expected to see at the start of. Uh, when Ninth Edition was launched and they capped the the negatives, I was like, oh yeah, they're just gonna people will just get super spicy and they'll get some stuff to minus ballistic skills and weapon skills in addition to neg ones. But it just hasn't eventuated. Right. Yeah, it was weird. Like I remember when the Death Watch book came out, right? And we mm. saw that strat that was like it lets you ignore ballistic skill modifiers against Eldar units. I was like, oh man, that's how they're gonna do it. That's how yeah. they're gonna get around the <laughs> It just didn't happen. <laughs> uh, anyway, give us the next house. Cool. So next up is House Lucaris, which is also an Iconoclast household. So the first four are Iconoclast, and the next four are Infernal. Um, their household bond is Virtue Through Strength. Each time a model with this bond is selected to fight, you can reroll a hit roll or a wound roll. Um, their stratagem is Trample Them, which is use the stratagem in your movement phase when you select a House Lucaris Titanic model from your army to make a normal move or advance. After this model is moved, select an enemy unit it moved across, excluding aircraft excuse me, and roll a d6, add one to the result if the enemy unit contains between six and ten models, add two if the enemy unit contains eleven or more, so essentially blast. On a three through six, that enemy unit suffers d3 mortal wounds. On a seven or higher, which would be a modified six or five, that unit suffers d6 mortal wounds. Eh. It's okay. <laughs> Warlord trait, strike first, strike often. At the start of the fight phase, if this warlord is within engagement range of any enemy units, it can fight first that phase. I have a yep. specific complaint about this that we can come back to in a second. And then Relic, Serpent Strike Core, which is House Lucarus model only. Select a Demon Breath, essentially select a Meltagun, Twin Meltagun, Thermal Spear, or Thermal Cannon that the model is equipped with. It is now a Relic for all rules purposes. Remove the weapon's abilities, gets plus one strength, and plus two to damage. This essentially removes the Melter rule, gives it plus one strength, and lets the Melter rule work at all ranges. Yeah, so it'd be um, um, D6 plus four, right? Yeah, the Thermal ca- the thermal Cannon, as an example, would be D6 plus four at all you're ranges. Only, you're only using this on a Thermal Cannon. No one's upgrading that's, their freaking Melter gun. That's valid. <laughs> <laughs> um, the Warlord trait bugs me, and this is like a thing that happens with knights in general, where as the addition has gone on, we've seen like fight first warlord traits usually get paired with like an extra attack yeah. or reroll hits yeah. or something like that it showing up here just as fight first is kind of trolling like Frustrating. why <laughs> yeah this should this should come with a plus one attack or a better heroic or something like that something <laughs> like mm. plus one so always strikes first is a really powerful mechanic when it's army-wide, like in Slanesh yeah. Demons or in Emperor's Children. I know those factions aren't super strong right now, so it seems weird, but like in general, that mechanic is really difficult to deal with on a close combat army. When it's yeah. on one model, you just start there first, and it doesn't matter. Mm. I wish, um, I also wish the, the household bond was real damage as well. Real, it's real one-hit roll or one-wound roll. I wish it was real yeah. one-damage roll as well. Um, I... I'm finding I'm finding hard to make a case this for Lucaris. Lucaris is rough. Herpet, it's rough. Herpetrax at least has a really powerful bond, but exactly Lucaris right. is not super great. Yeah, the bond sucks. The, the sorry, the bond's okay. Sorry, I, I was too harsh on the bond. The the freaking the stratagem sucks. Yeah, the stratagem's <laughs> bad. The stratagem's bad. The wall of traits, eh. And the relic's okay. The relic's okay. Um, the if you're ta- if you're taking you a, thermal, a thermal cannon, you, you will probably take it. Um, all right. Yeah. Uh, House Chimera is up next. 
once again, and this is the third of the Iconoclast houses, it's Rampant Cruelty is the household bond. Each time model this bond makes an attack, if that attack is made against a unit that is, was below half strength, when this model was selected to shoot or fight, add one to the wound roll. Um, Fury of Suitors, Wake, 1 slash 2 CP strat. Use this stratagem in your charge phase when a house Chimera model from your army finishes a charge move. Select one enemy with engagement range of the model and roll 4d6s. If the model is Titanic, roll 6d6. For each dice result that it kills or exceeds the enemy unit's toughness characteristic, it suffers one mortal wound. For each unmodified roll of a 6, that enemy unit suffers instead two mortal wounds. If this model is a War Dog class model, this is a 1 CP strat, otherwise it costs two. Um, the Warlord trait is Maddening Cries. It is an aura. One enemy unit was in nine of this Warlord. At the start of each morale phase, it must take a dread test. If that test is failed, a unit suffers one mortal wound. Very similar to um, some of the Contagion auras, uh, that one that you get in Death Guard. Um, the relic is Warpfire Shield, House Chimera model only. Each time the bear, uh, sorry, the bear has a five plus affordable save against melee attacks, so e.g. five plus all the time. Each time a melee attack is made against the bearer, on a modified saving throw of six, the attacking model's unit suffers one mortal wound after all the attacks have been resolved to a maximum of six mortal wounds per attacking unit. Um, this feels a little bit better. I just, uh, Rampant Cruelty is weird. The, um, the yeah. bond. Actually, there's a lot of weird stuff here. A lot of T's and C's um, to this that I don't feel are necessary because otherwise it would be really good stuff. The um, the strat is another... Is this the third in a row um, heavy T's and C's do mortal wounds for CP yeah. that we've seen? Yeah, heavy, heavy T's and C's on the charge specifically, like... Yeah, what the hell? Why did they do... A- the three in a row, man. Like, uh, we have a... Uh, we have a end of the fight phase one for the for Hepatrax. We have yep. it walk over somebody, trample them one for Lucaris, and now we have charge one for um for Chimera. It's all the kind of the same thing, just in a different phase, and they all kind of suck. Yeah, this is a big chaos book energy where it's like on the third Tuesday of the fourth moon. Look to the east. If that light is red, bring <laughs> it off your buddy and roll a six and do one mortal wound to Ultramarines. Yeah. Like, I- well, I think of this compared to some of the Imperium ones. I mean, Tyrannus has Zombie Knight. Like, does right. any, none of <laughs> yeah. this come even close to touching that power? Like, yeah. Anyway, tell what? How do you feel about this package? Let's we so, just let's let's cease the comparison to the Imperium Knights until we get to the end. We'll just look yes. at them on their own merits for the rest of this thing, because otherwise, I might get annoyed. Yeah, parts get sad when you do that, though. We'll we'll discuss that at the end. We'll, I have we'll, a, I have we'll an get to the, on that. We will get to the bits that feel better though, because there are bits yes. that feel better. Stay there with us, guys. That feel- way better like we did, this is like the worst part of the book yeah stay um, the course everybody we, we're gonna get there but tell us about this package what are your thoughts so this package is not crazy but it has the upshot of being iconoclast the household bond will come up through the course of a game mm-hmm. and the world you can use so i don't super love the newest one of the newest models that they got but if you combo the warlord trait here with the relic for additional tankiness and some other stuff we're going to see later, you can make a dude that's a real pain in the butt when it comes to mm-hmm. dread test morale nonsense. Because mm-hmm. he starts like the Madden Cries takes a mortal wound, which forces a really bad morale test that they have to roll 3d6 against, drop the lowest, yep. that they can't insane bravery out of, that when, they, when dudes run away, the guy heals. It's like a nightmare. Mm. And it's just like, what'd you do? Oh, nothing. I was just near you. So if yeah. people play like MSU near that guy, it's a disaster because they'll just yeah. lose a million dudes for no reason. Um, the rampant cruelty. I'm, I'm, 
looking for ways to make that activate, and it seems to me the best way is to just mob people with with war, with melee war dogs, right? Um, oh yeah, that works. <laughs> but it's make it, but it's make an attack. Um, so it is shooting as well. So you can half shoot a unit dead, and then your next activation on a different model can be like plus one to wound. So you can yep. go through. Like it, it will switch up your target priority quite significantly, but you can maneuver to make this pop off pretty hard. Yeah, and it's also one thing that people don't really talk about. So people tend to look at things like this through the lens of it being win more, right? We hear that term a lot yeah. in 40k. Yeah. Um, what the way I tend to look at stuff like this is it helps me close out a game on turn mm. three, four, five, when we're straggling with resources that we got left. You can use what you can essentially. Something like this helps you close that game and take it from being like, maybe this guy comes back to like, no, stay buried, please. Yes, in the dirt. There is no yeah. return. Um, all right, what's the next one? Next one is House Vextrix, one of the stronger ones. Um, this is the this is the first of the Infernal Households. Their household bond is Titankin. Each time this model is selected to shoot specifically, you can reroll a hit and a wound roll, which is very good. Yes. Um, their strat is 1 CP. Use the stratagem in your shooting phase when a House Vectrix model from your army is selected to shoot. Till the end of the phase, each time you make a ranged attack, you can ignore any or all hit and ballistic skill modifiers. Mm. Very good. Um, their Warlord trait is Favor of the Dark Mechanicum. If it's a Wardog model, add 1 to its wound characteristic. If it's a Titanic model, add 2. At the start of your command phase, the Warlord regains D3 lost wounds. The Relic is the Heretic Power Core, which is obviously House Vectrix model only. Add two to the bearer's movement characteristic, and each time the bearer makes a melee attack, unless that attack is made using its sweep profile, add one to the damage characteristic of that attack. Now, I don't hate this at all. I think this feels pretty good. Across the board, this one's pretty good. Mm. The Heretic Power Core doesn't feel super useful until nah. you put it on a War Dog. Then it's really good, because their strike profile is only three damage. Taking that to damage four and it being AP Ooh. four is really good against a bunch of targets. And it's plus two to the bearer's move, and you can just, you can just, iconic, oh, yeah. icon, sorry, infernal yourself to another plus three. So this could be plus five to the move. They already moved 12 still in... Carnivores move 14, baby. <laughs> it's 19, then declare a charge. Oh, it's Dawn of War, you're on the line. Five-inch charge, yep. baby. Let's do it. Yeah, hello. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right on top of you. Um, the Waller trait's really good on the Infernal side of things because essentially starting with two or one more wounds means you, and then regaining D3 is means you're probably staying at parity on you're burning yourself out with the wounds. Yeah, he so staples you back together. <laughs> that, that feels pretty good. That feels pretty good. Lose some, gain some, lose some, gain some. You probably end up around the same. Um, so that feels good, but I'm not sure if I'm in love with it because it's just kind of equaling out something rather than doubling down or adding something you don't have already. Right. And then the bond itself is obviously really powerful. Knights are, in general, not a super reroll heavy army. Says so and. Them, yeah, baby. Says Hit and. and That's the most important word you can ever see in that, in that line. is one and. Yes. <laughs> one, one hit and one wound. That's fantastic. Yes. And then their strat's really good because knights do definitely suffer from hit modifiers. Uh, when you have that many guns on that expensive a profile, something like lightning fast reactions goes a really long way. You know, I'll just be like, no, I'm hitting you. It's very good. <laughs> yep. This is, uh, this is my favorite so far, even if it is on the Infernal side, because it makes the best of um, the Infernal stuff, as we've seen so far. Next up is uh, House Comentus. Once again, this is um, my favorite. The second of the infernal. Let's find out why. Each uh, so their profane symbiosis is their household bond. Each time model is bond uses a de demonic surge ability, as we've described before. You take the model wounds, get your get your a special spicy buff. If you choose to inflict one one mortal wound on you, you can re-roll the D3 when determining which demonic surge applies to the model at the start of your next command phase. 
until the starting next man phase, rather. If you choose to inflict D3 mortal wounds on you, select two results from the table to apply on this Ooh. model. Okay, that's quite nice. <laughs> Encircling Hounds is the one CP stratagem. Use your strat in your movement phase. Select one household commander's war dog class unit from your army that is in strategic reserves. That unit can arrive from strategic reserves during the enforcement step of, of this phase as if it was the battle round one higher than it currently is, uh, regardless of any rules, uh, mission rules. So that means they come can come on turn one. Is that correct? Yes, sir. Beautiful. And then the warlord trait is Dread Hunter. Once per battle at start of your shooting phase, this warlord can make a killing strike. If it does so, select one ranged weapon this warlord is equipped with. Until the end of the phase, each time an attack is made with this weapon, you can reroll the hit roll, you can reroll the wind roll, and you can add one to the damage characteristic of that attack. That is once per mm -hmm. battle, guys. I'll just remind you, otherwise that would be bananas. And the relic oh, is yeah. a demonic <laughs> shriek. Shrike. Demonic shrike. Um House comment is uh, Terra Shade model only. At the start of each of your shooting phases, select one enemy unit within 18 of this the bearer. Until the end of the turn, each time a ranged attack is made by the bearer against that enemy unit, improve the AP characteristic of the attack by one. Um, damn, okay, yeah, that's that's good at every line. Every every single bit of that is very takeable. Tell us why it's yeah. your favorite. So, Comentus is my favorite because it comes to party. Uh, Comentus has accepted that it is going to be taking damage and is taking you down with it. Yeah. Um, it just, at every step of that, is like, you're getting shot with everything. I'm moving three inches faster and giving my gun plus mm -hmm. one to wound. The That Dread Hunter trait on something like a Megara Lightning Cannon is brutal to be on the receiving 100%, end of. 100%, dude. 100%. Um, even to more modern, like the data sheets in this book, like if we ignore Forge World for a second, that on something like a Tyrant's Plasma Decimator or an Avenger Gatling Cannon mm -hmm. or Take Your Pick, basically. Like well, if this guy shoots you with that while you're in Demonic Strike range with an Avenger Gatling Cannon, you're dead. Mm -hmm. Like, mm -hmm. goodbye. Mm -hmm. Well, no foreshadowing about any possible relic weapons, but there's nothing in that Warlord trait that says it can't be a relic weapon. That's true. That's it's spicy, very spicy. Um, the uh, the demonic strike seems to be one of the best bits as well. Just just it's at the start of each of your shooting phases. You just pick something with an eighteen, and your every every piece of your makeup gets plus an extra AP. All your stubbers, your flamers, every little piece gets an extra AP. Very powerful. Yeah, that one's super good. Like big fan of the commanders. All right, take it away with the last one. All right, so we're on to House Corvax. This is the. Uh, House that was stolen from the Imperium. <laughs> this is their household bond is forged in terror. Once per battle at the start of the battle round, you can select a Harbinger ability from this corresponding to the current or any previous battle round. That ability becomes active for every model with this bond in your army, even if every model from your army does not have the Cast Knights keyword. This means nothing to us because we haven't read the Harbinger abilities yet. Yes. But it is very good. Um, the strat is Knights of Shade. This is the best stratagem across all the houses. This is 2CP, use at the start of your movement phase or at the start of your charge phase. Select up to two House Corvax Wardog class models or one Titanic model from your army. Until the end of the phase, the selected model can move through terrain and models as if they were not there. That's exceptional. It's super good for knights. Uh, the Warlord trait is Lord of Dread. Add three inches to the range of this model's Warlord, uh, this model's aura abilities and add three inches to the range of this Warlord's dreaded abilities, which we'll break down in a little bit. Um, the Relic is also one of the best ones, Rune of Darkness, House Corvax model only. Once per battle round, when a saving throw made for the bearer is failed, you can use this Relic. When you do, the damage characteristic of that attack is changed to zero. Each time this Relic is used, roll 2d6. If the result is equal to or greater than the bearer's leadership characteristic, the Relic cannot be used again. That is really good. <laughs> but it already says once per battle. Once per battle round. 
Oh, battle rounds, man! I can't. I'm dumb. I don't know. So sorry, guys. Uh, what's we battle? Yeah, this is uh, fan. I like this one more than Commentus because that strat is everything I'd ever want as a knight player. Every single game when I play against knights, I assess the board to see how I can use it against them because you can always use something on the table against them. Yeah. Uh, I'm in. Uh, you have to come all the way. I'm. I'm one inch from the wall. You have to come all the way around the ruin. I'm like nah. Just gonna go straight through to the other side of the ruin and charge behind you. This Knights of Shade is insane. It's a game changer. It's so powerful. Mm. If Corvax was an iconoclast relic, I would retire every other army I owned. Like I would yes. they would all go straight to the straight to the retirement home and I would play <laughs> only Corvax for forever. Um so it, uh, give us a little bit of a TLDR on their household bond. I mean we are only gonna well, people are gonna have to wait a week for us to unpack the dreaded abilities and all those um all the other corresponding bits and pieces, the harboring oh, abilities. Um, give us a little give us a, t- t- a five second monologue on on what that is and how that's going to change. Okay, so the shortest possible version of this is that there's a pretty set path of things that you want to take in the dreaded abilities. Unfortunately, on the opposite side of the tree to that path is something that essentially says all of your models in your entire army have a 12-inch aura of your enemy cannot gain obsec, which is mm-hmm. absurdly powerful. Corvax allows you to pick that up while staying in what is ostensibly the more powerful path. That yes. is wild it essentially makes corvax's house trait read from turn four and on turns four and five your opponent does not have obsec which so the, in the scrappy late game is a big deal so the best way to extrapolate what that is the harbinger it's, it's a tree that you work your way through turn by turn um essentially think of it as um uh Corn Demonkin from Seventh Edition, where you kind of you got from killing stuff and losing models, you got blood ties and were able to pick different bonuses depending on how many you had. This is yeah. like working your way through a set tree of bonuses um, in order to get to that last one, which is the no obsec. You are a god of the table um, board state yep. kind of one. Um, this one lets you chop and change, jump around, get up, get up, and get down. It's pretty spicy that you <laughs> have that flex. Um, so we're going to go into the the build your own uh, dread households. Do you want to give us a bit of a TLDR on how these work? Because um, they are a little bit different to others. Yes. So the way the dread households work is the fell bonds are essentially the custom house traits. If you would like to retain your bond, um, if you'd like to essentially retain being iconoclast or infernal. Mm. Additionally, these are also what you pick from when you are a dread blade, which is the free blade equivalent on the knight's side on the cow side um they're what can be souped into chaos armies without breaking detachment rules and all that good stuff very potentially powerful combos there uh hot take i don't think that taking dread blades is usually worth it in most chaos soup but as a standalone ability these are really good because these let you essentially as we went through iconoclast doesn't have the most powerful of households so if one of these is really good you can still be iconoclast have a custom trait that affects your whole army and be off to the races. Exactly right. And as, until uh, I think I was just reading there that you only get one of these, of course, as in as, in, as exactly the same as the Imperial Knights ones. But as we saw with the Imperial Knights ones, they're actually quite powerful in and of their own right. I'll uh, jump through on the Iconoclast Felbonds. Um, yep. First one is Bold Tyrants. Each time a model with this, uh, sorry, with this Felbond makes a ranged attack. If the target of that attack is within 18 inches of the model, improve the AP characteristic by one already. That is 
probably as good or uh, or better than all the other Iconoclast ones. Um, yeah, it's super good right off the bat. It's that relic that Commentus had, but on everybody. Yes, on your whole damn army. And your, iconic, your Iconoclast, you want to be on top of your enemy immediately. Yep. Um, Frenzied Invaders, each time model with this fell bond makes a melee attack and a modified hit roll of six scores one additional hit. That is amazing. Um, infamous increase. Uh, infamous uh, Heredity. Um, I think this is just the um, inheritance yep. of the Primarch. Yeah. Yep. You get to be the you get to be one of those bonds, but you get to name whatever you want. Um, learned idolators. Um, each time an attack is made with a, a, an armor penetration characteristic of negative one is allocated to a model with this bond. It's treated as AP zero instead. Um, loping predators in your shooting phase. Each time a model with this fell bond is selected to shoot. If it is advanced this turn, then until the end of the shooting phase, it counts as having remained stationary. That's also quite nice. Um, precision cruelty. Each time model with this fell bond makes a ranged attack and a modified rune roll of six. Um, improve the AP characteristic of that attack by one and add one to the damage characteristic of that attack. So, uh, damn, these are so much better than the actual ones. Like, yeah. all right, there's two more. Prideful Wrath model with this fell bond whose characteristics can change as a result of suffering damage are considered to have doubled the number of wounds remaining. And then the last one is Worthy Offerings. Each time model this fell bond makes an attack against a monster, vehicle, or character, add one to the attack's hit roll. If model with this fell bond has a favor of the Dark Gods, page 7073, and destroys a monster, vehicle, or character model during that phase, then at the end of that phase, its offering is accepted regardless of how many marks it has on the offering tally. Uh, my god, dude, there are some great ones in there. Dude, the Iconoclast custom houses are like what makes the book, in my opinion. There are so many different ways to build wildly powerful forces that lean on shooting or melee, or like if you pick bold tyrants, your melee short up by being iconoclast, and now your aggressive shooting elements are yes. also really good. Exactly, um, dude. Oh man, man. Just, woo. <laughs> these are so much better than the actual traits, and there was there was no combination of strat, wall of trait, or relic that makes me lose my mind I'm, I'm that cry that i'm losing i'm not you know like no the house lucaris trait uh sorry wall of trade no um there's yeah, none of that these are just mortal wound stratagem no yeah oh <laughs> um <laughs> bold tyrants uh learned idolators um looping predators there is ah uh, geez precision cruelty man um oh my god extra ap and yes. damage on sixes just what yeah so wild. many good my, uh, options my baby is frenzied invaders but that is a personal trait exploding um, sixes in combat in oh so good oh, man. So, we'll get into the why that's crazy later like well it, that'll probably be like a part like next week thing because mm -hmm. we'll get to the data sheets then but there are some data sheets that exploding sixes just mwah, just makes yeah. it sing absolutely all right tell us about the infernal households Alrighty, so we have bound vassals which is just the inheritors one mm -hmm. we have dark forging which is hilarious. Uh, it is add four inches to the range characteristic of uh, the characteristic of weapons, plus one strength and damage on your Diabolus heavy stubbers, and Dude. all of your stubbers ignore lookout, sir. <laughs> That's actually critical. Cool. <laughs> yeah, and you're infernal, so you can give your stubbers plus one to wound, so you have strength five, plus one to wound, damage two stubbers that ignore Snipe lookout, sir. Sniper stubbers? Yeah, man. Yeah. <laughs> uh. So, uh, then we got uh, Merciless Tormentors, which is each time this model makes a range attack, if you're within 18 of the target, reroll hit rolls of one, just casual Captain Aura. Yep. Uh, Geist of Ruin, which is every time you make, um, every time an attack is made against this model while it's more than 18 inches away, you get light cover, which is yep. not a thing knights usually get. Hellforged Construction, which is each time an attack with a strength characteristic of seven or less is allocated to a model with this fell bond, subtract one from the damage characteristic. Ooh. 
Biomechanical Fusion, if a Dreadblade model has this Fell Bond, it still gets Demonic Surge. If a each time a model with this Fell Bond, excluding Dreadblades, suffers a Mortal Wound from Demonic Surge, roll a d6 on a 4-up, you'd ignore that wound. It's cute. Unhallowed Inscriptions, uh, each time a model with this Fell Bond would lose a wound as a result of a Mortal Wound, unless it was infected through Demonic Surge, on a 5-up, that wound is not lost, and you get plus 1 to Deny the Witch. And Warp Vision is each time a model an attack is made by a model with this fall bond, the target does not receive the benefits of light cover. Army wide ignore cover ignore light cover. Um plus four inch range to all your weapons and then the cute stub attack, which will actually yeah. make like Farseers cry. Like Farseers will take just two cry. Of these. Yeah, if you could see these aren't no one of these is better than Corvax or is it was it Comentus? Uh Comentus is really good. And so honestly Vectrix is quite powerful as well. It's very yeah. difficult for the infernal ones to keep up with the custom ones. I mean, or the sorry for the infernal custom ones to keep up with the infernal. Because like, yeah, the infernal houses. ones seem to be actually well put together packages. Right. Like, yep. Uh, whereas the iconoclast ones just seemed like here's one good rule in a mire of three crap ones. Um, yes. <laughs> yeah. You get w- one of your wall of trait relic strat or bond will be good. The rest are garbage. So yeah. Yeah. I I feel like these are actually have stiff competition. None of these slash me in the face as being better um, than the package deals on the actual house. Yeah. For the most part, now you can build a pretty crazy. So like teams is a thing, right? So for teams, mm. you can make a pretty wild Hellforge construction list. Like, if you play into armies that don't respect oh. Ramshackle because orcs aren't very common, they're, they become very annoying very well, fast. Well, Tau, dude. Tau, uh, apart from, is this only the Cyclic Ions get Strength 8, or is it the Plasma Strength 8? Both, any Plasma thing in Tau is Strength 8. So, yeah, yeah they light it. you up pretty hard. <laughs> yeah, but you don't care about Missile Pods. You don't care about... Um, Da, 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 da. No, the fusions of strength there as well. Well, there's one of those ones that never mind. I'm talking out my ass. I was only thinking about the the, the strength seven on the the missile pods. Um, yep. but then they're not taking a crap load of those anyway. Um, but yeah, this I feel like that is good if you can just pair away from the guy who has like the ten las cannons and multi melter shots. Yep. Um, also, also shuriken what? <laughs> yeah, it makes shuriken real sad. Your shuriken um, cannons, I don't give a crap. Yeah, no shuriken, no. In fact, <laughs> that is actually really good. Um, but yeah, uh, the Dark Forging is hilarious. Like, you can just Dark spam- Forging is really funny, and Merciless Tormentor is actually really good. It's just not as good as uh, Bold Tyrants. Yeah, no, it's not. Um, but yeah, that, that is what you will get for those. And like we said, if you take a single Dreadblade um, in, in another army, it'll get to pick either one of the Iconoclast or one of the Infernal Household Bonds. Yeah, you, you pick which side you want, and then you pick which one. Yep, yeah, exactly. You can pick from yep. either side. You just don't get Demonic Surge or Conquerors Without Mercy. Mm. Easy done. Jumping down to the stratagems. The first of these is Break Their Lines, 1 CP. Use this stratagem in the fight phase when an Iconoclast Household model from your army is selected to fight. Until the end of that phase... Each time the, that model makes an attack, if the model makes a charge move this turn, add one to the attack's hit roll. So plus one hit on the charge. I quite yep. like it on the Iconoclast side of things too. Makes a lot of sense. It's part of a pretty crucial uh, mortal wound combo we'll get to in a little bit. Good. Well, I'm happy they've got one because like the Imperial Knight mortal wound combo is kind of the best thing in that book. So I'm hoping they've got the same but in melee because that, be, that would be the other side of the coin. Yep. Next one's me, right? Yeah, baby. Cool. Hungry for combat. Use the stratagem in the fight phase. Select uh, an enemy unit from your opponent's army until the end of the phase each time a war dog model from your army makes a melee attack against that enemy unit an unmodified hit roll of six automatically wounds if this was one cp it'd be great at two you probably leave it that, that's exactly right a two cp that it's i mean unless you're desperate right 
Um, yeah, you have to be really reaching. <laughs> <laughs> um, we so yeah, uh, yeah, you have to be really reaching. That should be one CP. I don't know why it's two. Yep. Um, next up is Pack Hunters, 1 CP. You distract at the start of the fight phase. Select one enemy that has an engagement range of two or more War Dog class models from your army. To the end of that phase, add one to the attack characteristic to give each War Dog class model from your army that started this phase within engagement range. Um, so, start of the fight phase. So, you know, you just charge. Yeah, if charge with two War Dogs, 1 CP, they both get plus one attack. It's very nice. This one's super good because you can use it in multi charge situations to mm. blossom out plus one attacks into other units. That's true. Oh, that's actually really cute. Yeah, you're right. Yep. It's usually how I use the stratagem is mm. I'll like charge like one thing into a thing in the middle and then double charge on either side of it. And then you can like all three of those war dogs now have six or seven yeah. attacks. It's really good. It's nuts. So next up is Skies of Fire, which is use the stratagem in the shooting phase when a war dog class model from your army is selected to shoot. till the end of the phase, when you make an attack against an aircraft unit, add one to that attack's hit roll. Um, from my understanding, this used to work against fly, so it's a bit of a nerf. But yeah, it's plus one hit against aircraft. Yeah, yeah, so used to work against anything that fly. Yeah, correct. Um, next up <laughs> is Murder Bliss. Now that's a name. That's that's a metal band. Yeah, name. That's a hundred percent. That's a that's an album cover. Uh, one CP. Use strategy in the fight phase when a Chaos Knight Slanesh model from your army is selected to fight. If that model is within engagement range of one or more enemy units and that contains six or more models, and until the end of the phase, add one to the model's attack characteristic. If one or more of those enemies contains 11 or more models, add two instead. So one CP plus one attack, essentially, or plus two attack, opportunistically. Um, if you are slash marked. Yeah, if you are slash marked. I'm assuming we're about to go there. There'll be one for Korn and Zinch and all the other ones as well at some point. Um, yeah. What, fine. I mean, that's is that our second or third plus one attack? I oh, know the other one was plus one to hit, break their lines. That would be, no, uh, there was a plus one attack pack hunters, right? If you have multiple war dogs in. Yeah. So, so all right, we're up, to, we're up to two plus one attack strats. Let's keep a count. You're up next. Yep. So we have Tormented Wrath. Use this stratagem in your shooting phase and uh, select one enemy unit from your opponent's army. Till the end of the phase, each time a Wardog class model from your army makes a ranged attack against that enemy unit, an unmodified hit roll of six scores an additional hit. This is a similar situation where it is two CP. Why? If this was one CP, mm-hmm. it would be really good. It is mm-hmm. not, so it's kind of just fine. As it sits, um, when you can use this on a Moirax with Lightning Locks, maybe it becomes value. Um, because one of those lightning locks will be plus one to wound, possibly, um, from I uh, from Infernal. Yep. But um, as it sits right now, two CP is just too much. Just too it much. works for all the war dogs that target that unit, but like enemy units don't typically have enemy armies in general. Armies don't really have units that are like everything in my army is going to shoot that this turn. I mean, if they expose like a unit of ten um, Scarab called Terminators, yeah, sure, this this would be two CP well spent. Yeah, sure, but then just run up and kill them in melee. <laughs> That's true. I mean, but if you're Infernal, you know, it's you, you, yeah. you're there to do the damage range, so maybe it's okay. Yeah, it's it's very reliant on your opponent exposing a big threat. And it's, it's like, giving it's you something. good to have stratagems that punish that. This is just really expensive, so it won't see super regular use. Crush like, crushed like a vermin, one CP. You just stratagem mm. in the fight phase when a Titanic a Chaos Knight model from your army selected to fight. To the end of the phase, each time model makes a melee attack with its Titanic feet. Subtract one from the attack's hit roll. If that attack successfully hits the target, unless the ta- uh, unless the target of the attack is a monster or vehicle, suffers two mortal wounds and the attack sequence ends. So that's the same as um, Thunderstomp for Imperial Knights. Um, yep. Pretty much verbatim exactly the same, yeah? Yeah, but the note that, remember a minute ago we were talking about plus one to hit, so you can just offset this entirely. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and just go stomp six mortal wounds, right? Or yep. more, yeah. And then this combos back with, because this 
this is based on how many times you hit. So this mm -hmm. combos really well with the Iconoclast Custom House for exploding sixes. Yes. So a six hit would be four mortal wounds. Mm-hmm. Pretty spicy. All right, yeah. next up. Vengeful Outcasts is use this stratagem in the fight phase when a Chaos Knight's model from your army is selected to fight. Till the end of the phase, and each time that model makes an attack against an Imperial Knight's model, add one to the attack's wound roll. It's fine. It's 2CP. If you end up playing against Imperial Knights and you get there in melee, wound them on twos. Yeah, well, you're better into them than they are into you, so I think this is just fine. Yep. I mean, that that means you can actually just use your sweep attacks on them. Yeah, with the, most of the profiles are actually strength eight plus uh, yeah. or higher, so you end up just like blasting them. Yeah, hundred percent. I think this is actually quite good when when that matchup happens. Uh, once yep. again, does it need to be two CP? I mean, it's plus one to wound. Wounds are usually two CP these days. So if it was plus one to wound against everything, it could be two CP, I guess. But like mm. it being just Imperial Knights is like, come on, man. Yeah, uh, Trail of Destruction is up next. This is one CP. This was, I think, the best strat in the previous book. So we'll see. Well, the best, yeah, best name. Oh yeah. Um, Use this stratagem in your shooting phase when a Chaos Knights model from your army is selected to shoot, or in the fight phase when you're selected to fight. Till the end of the phase, each time that model makes an attack, if the target of the attack is within range of an objective marker, re-roll a hit roll of one. That's still fine. That's fine. Yeah. It's one CP now, which is huge. Yeah. Uh, you will use this a lot. <laughs> you will use this, yeah, a lot. Yeah. Every, uh, well, if you're playing against opponent and they think that the, the game is worth playing, they're going to be on objectives every turn. E.g., you'll have a chance to use this every turn. Yep, every time you, most of the time that you activate, honestly, you will have a chance to use this. <laughs> is my opponent playing the game? Tick box, yeah. yes. Trail of Destruction is going to be worth it. <laughs> yeah, and if not, that's fine too. You just get well, to win. That's on objectives. This is, this is fine too. <laughs> yeah. um, All right. You're up. Next up, we have Unyielding Rage, one of the few shining examples of Chaos Knights having a better stratagem than Imperials. Fantastic. The, Use this stratagem in the fight phase when the Chaos Knights model from your army is selected as the target of an attack until the end of the phase. Each time an attack is allocated to that model, subtract one from the damage characteristic. Mm. This is not cumulative with any other rules that reduce damage. If this is a war dog, this costs one. Otherwise, this costs two. This is nuts. A target agnostic, incoming profile, don't care, mm. minus one damage in melee is massive. This takes you from getting just like one round blasted by Sangard to living yeah, to with most of your wounds left most of like, your this wounds is yeah super good especially with some of the double downs there are on defense later in the like favorite section and stuff like that this is a huge part of why this book is viable i think this is an incredible strat like you should be budgeting like six cp a game just to just to pull this rabbit oh, out yeah. of the hat on your opponent um yep. damn this is a great strat this leads uh, to super awkward turns for your opponent offensively, where they come mm -hmm. into you, and if they only land, like, two charges, if you can make one of your knights minus one damage and interrupt with the other one, it's the just odds are, yeah. in that turn, you're going to do more damage to them than they did to you. Yeah, it's freaking huge. It's a huge flip. Um, yep. All right, next up is a Titanic Duel. This sounds fun. Um, one CP. Use this strategy in the fight phase when a Chaos Knight model from your army is selected to fight. Select one enemy Titanic unit that's within engagement range of that model. You and your opponent secretly choose a number from one to three on a sorry one to three on a D six. We suggest turning a D six to show the number, but concealing it behind your hand. Then reveal your choice simultaneously. If they differ, then until the end of that phase, add the number of uh, number you chose the attack characteristic of your Chaos Knight model. Uh, but melee attacks made by that model can only target that Titanic unit. That's cute. That's really cute. Yeah, it's like a fun guessing game. Yeah. You ask your opponent, would you like to play a game in your best saw voice? And then, you know, yeah. slap it up. And you will pretty much always pick the number two. 
because paying one CP for plus one attack with the chance to fail is not always likely, and they're going to assume you're going to pick three. So yep. literally, they're going to pick two 90% of the times if they thought about it. If not, they're slapping down the three, and you should act accordingly. <laughs> yeah, your opponent almost has to pick three. Three. Because yeah. if you pick three and you get three, that thing is dead. Yeah. So EG, 90% of the time, Pick the two, yeah, because yeah. they can't risk you picking the three. They can't risk not having the three if you pick the three. Yeah, <laughs> there we go. Yeah, we, just, so we just we just busted the mini game. Um, you're up next. All right, we got beseech the dark gods. You were looking for the strat earlier, Adam. This is use the stratagem when a chaos knight's pantheon undivided model from your army is destroyed, but does not explode. Roll a d6 at the end of the phase. On a four up, set the model back up on the battlefield with three wounds remaining as close as possible to where they were destroyed, and not within engagement range of any enemy models. If it's a war dog, this costs one. Otherwise, it costs two. The stratagem can only be used once. Well, well, well. I I uh, would also like to have this on every uh, able to be used on any model and not have to take Tyrannus to get it. So this is actually crazy good. This is not every model. It's Pantheon Undivided, which well, is a specific a, mark. I was about to ask you about that. Is that is it a big detriment to take those dudes? Uh, the Pantheon Undivided favors are the best ones. So well, okay. It, one to two of your models will likely have that keyword in the game anyway. It will likely go on your Warlord, your biggest, baddest knight. So, this strat's pretty good. That's pretty good. If it's on your biggest, baddest knight, it is fan-freaking-tastic. Yes. All right, next up is Abominable Constitution. This is a 1 slash 2 CP strat. Use your strategy in the command phase. Select one Chaos Knight Nurgle model from your army. Until start of next command phase, that model is considered to have its full wounds remaining for the purposes of determining what characteristics on its profile to use. If that model is a War Dog class, it, can, it is 1 CP. Otherwise, it is 2. There is your act at full profile, but it is um, sandboxed by being only Nurgle Knights. Nurgle locked, which is sad. Sad, did you? Yeah, sad, exactly. It's the, the, yeah. the sad Pepe emote. <laughs> yeah, uh, fair enough. Hit us up with Doom and Despair. Alrighty, so this one is, use the stratagem at the start of the third, fourth, or fifth battle round if your warlord is still on the battlefield. Select one Harbinger ability from any previous battle round. While your warlord is on the battlefield, that ability is active for every Chaos Knights model in your army. You can use only use the stratagem if every model has the Chaos Knights keyword, and the stratagem can only be used once. Ostensibly, you could use the stratagem in the fifth battle round to do that obsec wipe trick I was talking about. Yep. But if your warlord's alive in the fifth battle round, you're, you're probably, probably doing all right. You're doing just fine. Yeah. Yeah. Um, this is cool though. This is a nice little piece of flex. Um, that when you when you get good enough with the book, I think you'll get value. Yeah. This is uh getting value out of the harbinger abilities is like a huge portion of the skill cap of this book. That that isn't just like generic being good at Warhammer skill. Um. So it's really interesting to be able to use this in a way that is impactful across the game state, if that makes yeah. sense. Yeah. All right. Death Grip's up next. 1 CP. Use a strat in the fight phase with an attack made with a warp strike claw or slaughter claw or a relic that replaces such weapon by a Chaos Knight model from your army is allocated to an enemy model. Before any saving throw is taken against that attack, both players roll off. If the strength characteristic of the Chaos Knight model is greater than that of the model attacking, you add one to the result. Um, if you win the roll-off, invulnerable save throws cannot be taken against that attack, otherwise the damage characteristic of that attack is a zero. There should not be a downside to losing the roll-off. They should just yep. take their save as normal if you lose the roll-off. You shouldn't negate the attack. I, don't, yeah. I can't see ever using this. So like, I actually just reread the strat and kicked myself that I didn't use this the other day when I was playing against Tyranids. Yeah. I played against a man that could not fail his Tyrant's invulnerable save. Mm. Um, and this kind of could have been helpful. 
Yeah. It's real like edge case though. Like you need real specific scenarios. This is great against an Archon, right? But like past that, it gets very rough very well, quick and you still have an opportunity to fail. Well, that's what I mean. Like you're paying a CP and then you're just having a straight roll off with you having a plus one unless you essentially unless you're against another Titanic unit, you'll shoot have plus one. Um yep. and what like you know, if you fail the roll, like they just roll a six and yep. you you roll you just like they not only don't have to they don't have to take the save anymore. If they win the yep. roll off, they that you paid a CP for them to not even have to take the save anymore. That's crap. That you should yeah, it should just it should default to your outstrat. <laughs> yeah, this is like I'm an absolutely desperate and I'm flicking through the book for an out for a reason a way to not lose this knight who's about to die. Um I hate this strat. I, I I'm going to I'm going to use it. I, I'm going to use the Imperium one, but I hate it. I hate that that last little caveat. Yes. Yeah, it they're they're on the one yard line of being good here. This could if this just didn't have the downside, the strat would be fine. It'd be fine. It'd be fine. Yeah. Yep. All right. The next one is spiteful demise, which is just excellent stratagem naming from GW here. Uh, <laughs> this stratagem when a chaos knight's model from your army is destroyed, do not roll to see if that model explodes. It does so automatically. Uh, if it's a tyrant class model, roll an extra d6 to see on a four up. The range is three d6. If it's a yes. war dog, it's one. If it's abhorrent, it's two. Otherwise, it's three. You can only use the stratagem once. Uh, what's this? There's a there's a crappy ninety song. Like, well, I shouldn't say crappy. Amazing, where a guy goes like, "Hey, boom, boom, let me see. He say where or some crap." And oh goes, yeah, where? I know that song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I'm gonna get that on like a little thing on my phone. I'm just as soon as I use this strap, I'm gonna <laughs> gonna whip it out. <laughs> yes. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> I got a uh, chosen by the gods is up next. One CP. Use a strategy before the battle when you're mustering your army. Uh, one chaos knights from where it doesn't favor the dark gods. Um, and they gain the following keywords: corn zinch, nogal slanesh, panthen, undivided. A corn knight abominant model loses the psychic keyword and cannot manifest psychic powers. Its weapon skill characteristic is proved by one, as its cac's characteristics is improved by one. You can only use this strategy once unless you're playing strike force, and which you can use it twice. This, so your character, I'm assuming your characters automatically get a mark, and then this is a way to give other people marks. They do not automatically get a mark. This is the cool. only way to get marks outside of favors. Cool. Good. It shows how much of this codex I've researched. <laughs> I take it week by week, people. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's what we should all be doing, right, Adam? You take it day by day and you do your best. That's right. Uh, is this a good strat? This is a situational strat. If you want access to the, sh the other stratagems, I don't like strats like this where it's like, all this buys you is access to other strats. Other it's strats. Like, I guess. But like... Some of these like have downsides, right? Like having the Slanesh keyword in a world of elves is dangerous. Um, because you, turning on their full reroll to hit and wound for one CP, just so that you can maybe have extra attacks sometimes is like real sketchy. Well, Harlequins as well. You go Slanesh and don't Harlequins reroll to hit and wound against you now? Yeah. For a well, CP? Harlequins, Eldar, and Drukari, all of them. Mm. Like all of them do that. This bad. Yeah, it's real bad, especially because all those books don't normally have great reroll well, access. And yeah, how the hell, how the hell are Harlequins going to beat you in uh, like a toughness eight night in combat? Ah, real set point. Job done. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. All right. Uh, I'm assuming corrupted heirlooms is extra extra relics, and tyrannical court yep. is extra warlord traits. Yep. So far, so good. Um, what is arch tyrant? Is this the double warlord trait? Double warlord trait. Yep. Yeah. Beautiful. Just straight into the the next one, mate. Bind the souls of the slain. Love it. This 
This is use the stratagem in the fight phase when an infernal household model from your army is selected to fight. Until the end of the phase, each time a model that model makes a melee attack that destroys an enemy model, roll a d6. On a 4-up, your infernal household model regains one lost wound after it's resolved all of its attacks to a maximum of 6. If that model is a war dog, it costs 1. Otherwise, it costs 2. Cool. Lots of T's and C's. Healing is really powerful in this army. I wish this just cost 1 CP flat, but I get it. Yeah, I get it. I mean... You you can go in and, and and wipe it like a ten man guard squad and then get five wounds back. That is pretty powerful. Yeah, guard flatline you the next turn with vengeance from Cadia. But yes, that could happen. True, <laughs> true. I mean, <laughs> uh, digging up here. Um, hunting hounds is up next. One CP. Use a stratagem at the start of your moving phase. Select up to two dread household war dog class models from your army that are more than that are more than six inches away from any enemy models, um, and are with and within six inches of the battlefield edge if the mission you are playing uses strategic reserves place those models into strategic reserves they cannot arrive from strategic reserve in the same turn they are put into strategic reserve um that's model that that said strategic reserve so many times in the same sentence uh yep. but so essentially it's just bounce up to two war dogs off the table if you want yeah which can be really good very often like it's very easy as knights to move block yourself so having the ability to be like all right you two idiots get out of the way and just yes. drop them into strat reserve and then pull them out later with like weird shooting angles very good well, I think I'm absolutely right. That's the best example I was going to come up with as well. You need to. So, I mean, there is a, a thing in in uh, other games, usually card games, where they talk about fixing your hand. Like you have a, yep. a mediocre hand, but you don't want to throw it away or milligan it to get a, to possibly get a worse hand. It's the same for a, depl- a, a, ter- a map of terrain when you rock up to a table. You might just need to fix your deployment because you didn't have any, many options when you were deploying your army, and so you could just spend the CP and fix your deployment. Um, and I think that's a term we need to we need to kind of pick up. Um, but yeah, what's up next? Yep. Yeah, those guys got to go somewhere. <laughs> the next one is one of my favorite shots. It's actually a thing that I wish Imperial has had. It's called a Long Leash, which is a great name. Use this stratagem in your command phase. Select a Knight Despoiler, Knight Rampager, or Knight Desecrator model from your army. Then select a Wardog class model from your army. So the end of the turn, the Wardog class model is always considered to be in range of the or ability that the first model you selected has, either Dread Dominion, Frenzied Rampage, or Taskmaster, which are variations of rerolls, basically. Fantastic. So one CP to just get which get whichever associated buff you choose. Yeah, for very regardless flexible. of distance is super good. Yeah, and then yeah, send them off. Just just oh yeah, cool. Don't you stay near you? Just give it to them. Yeah, off they go. Go get them. Your fifteen inch nutcase is going to get that turn one charge for you. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I oftentimes, love it. I, oh, go ahead. Okay. Uh, oftentimes, this is really useful because your very large, expensive units can't just be aura bots. Like, if a hundred point captain has to stand somewhere and give someone real ones, not the no end of the deal. world. Yeah. When a four hundred point murder knight has to do it, that's real bad. That's so being able to spend a CP to be like, I'm going to solve problems over here. You go over there and do stuff is really good. Agreed. All right. Next up, unleash the hounds. One CP. Use your strat in your charge phase after a dread household war dog class model from your army finishes a charge move until the end of the phase. Each time a friendly a war dog class model charges, declares a charge against an enemy unit that is within engage range of this model, you can re-roll the charge roll. I think they had that exact verbatim strat in the previous book. Yeah, this is really good again with the uh, for the same reason that hunting pack was or whatever it's called mm. um, because you can multi charge and then get re-roll charges against targets you wouldn't normally have access to. Yeah, agreed. All right, next is Wrath Surge. This is use it stratagem in the opponent's psychic phase when a psychic test is for a psyker unit is failed while within 18 inches of a Chaos Knight's corn model from your army. That psyker suffers perils of the warp. This stratagem is totally fine, but if you're going to give corn a stratagem, how is it not some form of melee buff? What are we doing? <laughs> uh, I do agree. 
I like advance and charge would make all the sense in the world, or even like yeah. a full a full tilt full tilt equivalent. Like advance and charge might make this book broken, but yes, I yeah, absolutely yeah, agree with that's you. Fair. Oh yeah, Adam, totally. Yeah, lay it on me. Fights twice. Let's do it. Um, <laughs> oh god, yeah, both. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, I agree. Bit lackluster, but it's fine. Like it's fine. It's not bad. It's definitely still good because like you want like the corn buffs are really strong. So the ability to just be like, just kidding, you take perils is really good. That's absolutely right. Um, next up is Harrying Hunter. This is 2CP. You distract in your movement phase and a war dog class model of your army falls back. Still eligible to shoot and charge even though it fell back. Um, that's pretty much what we expect from the 2CP the one. You get to get your choice of which one you want to do. You get both. You get both the 2CP. Exactly. 1CP for each for one. I think is the usual price point in every other book that we've seen in yep. a ninth. Um, next up. We have Reap and Rend, which is use this stratagem in the fight phase when a Chaos Knights model from your army that is equipped with a Reaper Chain Sword or Reaper Chain Talon or a Relic that replaces such a weapon is selected to fight. So the end of the phase, each time that model makes an attack, you can never reroll the hit roll. But each time, uh, if the attack is made using the sweet profile, you make an additional hit roll. So this gets you up to four attacks per sweep. I like. Well, that's, it's very similar to the one... Um, it's the exact same as the Imperial one. Imperial it's really Nazis, good. It's the exact same. Really uh, good. It's, it gains more value here because you have access to Iconoclast and all these different ways to stack attacks. Stack attacks, yeah. You end up with a ton of extra attacks. Mm -hmm. What is the number you require to make sure mathematically unit is dead? You can get there. It's super nice, too, because there are lots of targets, like against Harlequins, for an example. They'll turn off your hit, roll anyway, your hit reroll anyway, so you're just like, all right, extra attacks, here we go. Yeah, yeah exactly right. Um, all right, Diabolic Bulwark is up next. This is a 1 slash 2 CP strat. Use this strat in your opponent's shooting phase when a Chaos Knights model from your army is selected as the target of a ranged attack. Um, until the end of the phase, if that model has a four plus sorry, that model has a four plus invulnerable save against ranged attacks. If the model is a war dog, it's one. Otherwise, it's two CP. This is rotate ion shield. Let may it never go away. Yep, they really need that. It, please don't take this away from us. <laughs> uh, Infernal Aegis is use the stratagem in your opponent's command phase. Didn't even notice that nuance mm. of that. Uh, select a tyrant class model from your army until the end of the turn. That model has the following ability: while a friendly dreadhold, dread household war dog model is within six of this model, that war dog has a four up invulnerable save against range weapons. So it's essentially AOE rotate that affects your war dogs from a tyrant, which is rough. I seem to remember this being a once per game strat for the imperial side of things. I don't remember offhand, and would definitely have to look. It's possible. Yeah, um, I seem to remember that distinctly being like, hey, this might actually be a build around. If um, the Iron Ages, you just drag in your opponent's command phase, select one to the end of the phase. No, 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 it's the same. Never mind. Okay. I mean, that would almost make sense if it was limited in the Imperial book, because there's there's not a ton of reasons to take a Castellan, but there's more reasons to take a Castellan than there is to take a Tyrant. So. Oh, jeez. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Don't tell me that, because I'm already struggling to find a reason to take it, to even purchase a Dominus class knight. Um, I mean, you can make reasons to make a Castellan. He just costs you 5 CP a turn in a Freeblade Lance. Yay. But then he kills whatever's in, in the open. <laughs> Yay! Um, yeah. Anyway, uh, Macabre. Macabre. Uh, projectiles, 1 CP. Use stratagem at the end of the fight phase. Select one Chaos Knights model from your army equipped with a Warp Strike Claw or Relic which replaces it. If a vehicle or monster model was destroyed with the engagement range of the selected Chaos Knight, uh, model during this phase, you can now select one enemy unit within nine of and visible to that Chaos Knights model. Roll, roll a d6, subtracting one if the result, uh, sorry, if the results from the result, if the enemy you selected is a character with a wounds characteristic of nine or less, on a three to five, that enemy suffers d3 mortal wounds. On a six, it suffers three mortal wounds. Um, this is just as crap as it was in the Imperial Knights book. Listen, if someone ever kills one of my characters with that, I'll concede on the spot. Like, you'll you just win. be like, I'm out. You, you got yeah, this. Yeah, you win. 
I'll buy them a drink and they win the game. That's amazing. <laughs> you even tried. What a hero. Uh, it's so bad. By by ninth edition standards, it is so bad. Um, There's a bunch of stratagems in this book where they're like I said before, like on the third week of the next month, yeah. you get a mortal wound, maybe. I don't yep. know why that's a thing they were so enthralled with when they wrote this, but mm. it is. Absolutely. Alright, we got two more left. Alrighty. Ravenous Terror Shades. So I'll break it down after. Use the stratagem in the morale phase. Select one enemy unit within dread range of a Terror Shades model from your army. That enemy unit must take a dread test. If that test is failed, the enemy suffers one mortal wound for each point by which their dread test was failed to a maximum of six. This, in a vacuum, is not crazy powerful. But, but combined yeah. with that like mass dread nonsense build I was talking about earlier, this can add up in a hurry. So put a pin in it. Remember that this is here. Doing mortal wounds is never bad, and we'll come back to this later. Like, doing mortal wounds when you walk past somebody feels pretty nice. Yeah, you didn't have to do anything to these guys. This just, just, happens, just happens in the morale. Note, in the morale phase, not mm-hmm. your morale phase. This just yeah. is a thing that happens. All right, uh, last one is Sorceress Ammunition, uh, 1 CP. You just straight in the shooting phase before making a wound roll for an attack made by a Chaos Knight's Zinch model from your army. Do not make a wound roll for that attack. It automatically wounds the target. If uh, this wound is allocated to a Psychic unit, um, that unit must make a Dread Test. If that test is failed, the Saga suffers the perils of the warp after this Chaos Knight's model, uh, model's attacks have been resolved. I quite like that. I uh, do I like that? I'm just trying to think. That's, that's a one CP auto wound. It's fine. Yeah, one CP auto wound is fine. Good. When you um, do it on like a brimstone lance into a transhuman target, cool. Yeah. Uh. Well, or your super relic thermal cannon. Yeah. Be pretty spicy. Yeah, that's also good there. You have to make the guys inch to get access to this, obviously. But yeah. Pretty good. Fair enough. Well, that's uh, that's the end of the stratagems, man. There are some absolute freaking standouts there, um, in my estimation. Which ones take your fancy, though? So, my favorite are the War Dog Juice ones. There's uh, a lot. There's a lot. Pack Hunters over top of uh, Unleash the Hounds is really, really good offensively. But I think the strat that, like, th- with an iron grip dragging this codex into the A, maybe S, tier <laughs> is unyielding rage that stratagem is nuts (laughs) yeah minus one damage is such a freaking game changer like it is intensely insane um yeah i I can't overstate how much that makes this this book playable yep it it's so easy to just die to hot because as as we may or may not have noticed there's not any melee involves so it's very easy to get just blasted in melee Cutting damage two to being like a non-issue and cutting damage three down to being unlikely to kill a large knight from full is really helpful. Oh crap. I said um I said shuriken cannons. It only works in oh, the yeah. five phase. It yeah. only works in the five phase. Never mind. No, you said shuriken earlier when we were talking about the um the ram oh, the strength trait. seven, the strength seven stuff. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Um yeah, that, that that thing is easily the best. Uh, trail of destruction is still a bread and butter. Use it every turn. Um, yeah, you use it every time. Ah, oh, so so freaking good. Um, yeah, there are there are really there are a lot of good strats here. There are a lot. Um, I, long leash, long leash is one of my favorites to be honest. Um, long leash the, is great. Just the flex it gives you, um, because it sounds like you are going to be sending out the boys, the war dog boys. You're going to be sending out your hounds, and you want just them to be as souped up as possible. Yeah, for sure. You need the ability to send them off on tasks. Mm. Again, like I kind of said before, like well, without forcing your big knight to be like, and I guess I'm going over here now. 
because you need the ability to do both. Exactly right. Um, that usually would bring us to the end of the episode, but I'm going to ask Anthony, would you like to do another 15 minutes and do Favor of the Dark Gods? Adam, I can do as much time as you need me for. You're a, you're a, you're a mad dog. I love you. Uh, <laughs> all right. Favor of the Dark Gods, guys. This is your build an extra bit onto your army when you play the points. There are a god load of options and points here. Um, give us the 15. TL. Yes, there's... <laughs> A lot, um, and sorry, each but each one has a different upgrade. Um, like yep. there's, there's a different points. So there's 15 different options, and each one has a different point associated with it for whether you are uh, a war dog, a Questorus, or Dominus, whatever the hell those equivalent words are. Yeah. Um, so oh, sorry, abhorrent, abhorrent time. Yeah. Um, give us TLDR on how this works um, and what you get, because I think the, these are the ones that are all associated with different marks. Yeah. Yes. So this, so buying this gives you a gives you the mark mm -hmm. and this gives you whatever the given ability is. Um, when you do this, a really important note, cause I saw some people getting really crazy about stuff. When you apply this upgrade to a war dog unit, it only applies to one of them in the unit. Oh um, yeah. Yeah. So these, yeah. Cause otherwise these get wildly out of hand very quick mm -hmm. if they're applying to three. So this only works on one in the unit. These are generally for the most part, speaking very broadly, going to be at their best on abhorrent class knights. Um, part of that is the inherent weakness of tyrants and how much more expensive they are. Yep. But in general, these buffs work best on abhorrent class knights. That said, there are a couple that are agnostic to what the target itself is doing and are more of an aura of disruption for your opponent, where they're really, really, really good on war dogs. Uh, it is very easy to accidentally spend 200 points on these. Be careful about doing that when you're doing your list building. Yeah. Um, and what's the, what's the deal with the, um, the worthy offering tally? You want to explain that for people? Yes. So the way this works is the all the buffs from this are essentially two-sided. You get one just essentially for buying it. And then the way that works is you're essentially offering a favor up to the dark gods. So you have to do, as a war dog, you have to do five wounds worth of models killed. Now, the way this works is, let's say... Your opponent is a mad lad, and he brings an Ares gunship, and your hero of a war dog lands eight damage on it. That does not trigger the offering. You need to kill that target to trigger mm -hmm. your offering. So, um, for a war dog, the tally required is five. For an abhorrent class model, it is ten. For a tyrant class model, it is fifteen. Um, the second part of the buff for a lot of these is crazy powerful, which is mm -hmm. why it's gated behind you killing things. But most of them, at least the ones that you will see commonly, have a really good like foot-in-the-door ability to get you going, and then only get better once you've achieved the tally. Beautiful. All right, the first of these is a Blood Shield. War Dogs will cost you 30 points, Abhorrents will be 45, and ty Tyrants will only be 30. Um, blood Shield is for... So the first three are all Corn. the next three will be uh, Zinch and then whatever. Um, so it gains the corn keyword once per battle at the start of the fight phase. The bearer can activate the blood shield when it does until the end of the battle. So into the phase, rather. Sorry, not into the battle. Um, each time a melee attack is made by the bearer, invulnerable saving throws cannot be made. Each time a melee attack is made against the bearer, invulnerable saves cannot be made. If this model is a knight abominant, it loses the psychic keyword and cannot manifest psychic powers, but its weapon skill and characteristic and attacks is improved by one. Um, Spicy, what are your thoughts here? 
Oh, sorry. And so, the, 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 sorry, the favored ability. Um, wait, do these all go together? I'm confused. Yep, this is this is part of it's all, shield. Yeah, it's all the same thing. All right, the collar of infernal brass. So once you get favored, you get to pick which one of these, or do you have to? Do you have no, to? No. So the collar of infernal blast is a separate blessing. Blood shields yep. favorite ability. Once you get over the kill threshold, is that you can activate it oh, again. Which sorry, is nuts. sorry, sorry, sorry. <laughs> I was I was looking at this the breakdown here wrong. I thought the favorite ability was the color infernal brass. Um, no, 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 no. Go no. up one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly right. Uh, so you can use it at additional time. Um, the ability to ignore your opponent's involve but also lose your own is not that big a deal. Seeing as if you are using this, it's because you are fighting first, right? Yep, and You're you don't gonna... have an involve yeah. in melee. That's usually. right. Yeah, so got it whatever. anyway. Yeah, yeah. I, when I read this, because um, Warhammer Community previewed this, I'm like, oh, cool, that means they got involved in combat. Oh, my God, it's going to be good. And they don't. <laughs> so it's very puzzling. Very puzzling. Yeah. There's ways to get melee involved, but they're not great. So no. whatever. Who cares about that part? The more important part is that your opponent dies immediately when you make contact with this thing. Exactly basically. right. Almost nothing in the game survives involved ignoring Chaos Knights. Like, and it's also... Not makes sense why the tyrant class model is cheap it should almost be free on the tyrant class model because essentially you've got yes. like three attacks with stomping feet who gives a crap it's only rent two like uh i don't even know why you would ever take this on a tyrant no you wouldn't just delete that uh, from your lexicon um Nate, yeah. tell us about the next one there so just a thing i want to note real quick that rider about the abominant losing psyker and picking up an extra weapon skill and an extra attack is on all of them anytime you make an abominant corn marked it loses the psyker keyword because corn hates psychers um yeah so color of infernal brass is the next one um this is model gains the corn keyword it gains an aura while a enemy psyker is within 12 inches of this bear subtract two from psychic tests and the favorite ability, once you get 5, 10, or 15 damage in respectively, the model cannot be targeted or affected by psychic powers mm. at all. This one mm. costs you 15, 25, or 25 for their three respective tiers. So no doom, no jinx. See you later. Never heard of you. Yeah, nothing. You may not interact with me at all. Also, if you're within 12 of me when you wanted to cast that, no. <laughs> uh, very good. Very good. Yeah, um, this is one of the better ones to throw on a war dog because you can make a real annoying smite screen oh, out of a dude. Just, just sling him, sling the lad in. Doesn't need that yep. many kills, and yeah, he's going to be giving them the debuff immediately. Um, I am a fan. Uh, next up is Throne Mechanicum of Skulls. Um, this model gains the corn keyword. You can you can reroll charge rolls made for this model if this model is an abominant. Gets all you know the plus one weapon skill stuff. Um, the favorite ability each time this model makes an melee attack and a modified hit roll of six scores one additional hit on the target, and this will cost you 15, 25, and 15 respectively. So 25 at the big knight, 15 on the little knight, and you're never going to take it on a, on a, on a tyrant. <laughs> yeah, on the biggest knight. Uh, reroll charges, uh, meh. It's not bad, it's not the bad. buy in, right? Yeah, this it's is the fairly cheap, and it's a decent way to just have the corn keyword if for some mm. reason you want to make people perils with your strat uh it's fine it's this is a good list filler thing on a war dog um yeah, it's very just, easy to build chaos lists that end up with 45 points left over at the end so you just pick this up as one of the favors and ways of filling that out does this mean i can't remember if the builder bear um one was uh hits in combat right is this a way to give double exploding sixes in oh combat? yeah you can make a really really awful to be hit by uh rampager or carnivore with well that you have my attention <laughs> Yeah, you yeah, Tesla sixes in melee with a D three plus three damage profile. It's yes. serious business. All right, slipping over to the Zinch ones. First one's yours. Yes, we have Pyrothrone. Uh, model gains the Zinch keyword. If it is not an abominant, it picks up the Psychic keyword and can attempt to manifest one power in the Psychic phase and deny one. The model knows Spite and one power from the Warp Storm discipline, which is on page seventy five. Uh, if it is already an abominant, it knows an additional power. 
and it can attempt to manifest an additional power. Um, once you tick the favorite ability in each of your psychic phases, you can reroll one psychic test taken for this model. This ability costs you 25, 35, and 45 respectively going through the different tiers. This one is quite good. Um, I, as I was saying earlier, don't rate the Abominant super high, so this is a good way to get a caster into your list if you want to build around those secondaries. Well, it would take an Abom to casting three powers, which is pretty freaking good. And then yes. when you're favored, you get to reroll one of them. If you are taking Abominant, this has got to be a very high consideration, right? Yeah, you definitely consider this. Um, the, we didn't get into a lot of the ones that you really want to be taking on the bigger knights yet. This is another one that is quite good on a small knight. Well, having a small knight just become a psycho. They just hide him at the back and do yep. rich, do ritual. You know, get him into the middle, do ritual a couple of times, and then just get the hell out of there because you can actually hide the bugger. That actually feels yeah, pretty good too. As long as you make him a character. Yeah, that's uh, that's true. Yeah, um, cursed rune of fate. Uh, this model gains this inch keyword, of course. Each time a ranged attack is made against the bearer on an, on an unmodified saving throw of six, the attacking model unit suffers one mortal wound after all the attacks have been resolved to a maximum of six. So it's bounced back on saving throws for models. Yep. And then the favorite ability is a perma four plus invulnerable save. This will cost you uh, 15, 35, and 50 on the tyrant. Um, yep. Yikes. How do you feel about it? So the base ability is fine. Ironically, fine. the base ability helps yeah. you get to the favorite ability, which is kind of yeah. nice. Mm -hmm. um, the favorite ability is nuts. Uh, flat four up in Vault Knights is real good. Um, if it was easier to get to, it'd be a lot more exciting. But if this is something that you feel like you can consistently trigger, this is very, very powerful. If yeah, if you have, uh, uh, this this is a meta pick, I believe, because this is a thing you need to rush to in the first two turns of the game. Otherwise, your opponent's just going to be like, "Ah, oh, we're killing that guy first. You know? Yeah, this is <laughs> very good against Eldar for what it's worth. Those respected mortals will kill dudes. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's each time it's a ranged attack as well, so it's actually pretty yeah. cool to just keep people at arm's length and be like bouncy, 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 you know, and take a few mortals back. Um, yep. I I kind of like that as you might accidentally trigger the Dire Revenge double shoot, which is not great, but aside oh, from that, shit, actually, yeah. that's very, <laughs> yeah, that's very, that's oh my god, that's horrible. <laughs> yeah, that part is real bad. But if you ignore that for a second, uh, it's pretty good against Baldar. That's fantastic. All right, the last one's yours. Alrighty, so we have Mirror of Fates. This is one I've been taking in almost every list. Um, the model gains the Zinch keyword. While this model is on the battlefield, each time your opponent spends a command point on a stratagem, on a 5-up, you gain a command point. Nice. And then the favorite ability is once per battle round, after making a hit roll, wound roll, or a saving throw with this model, you can use the Mirror of Fates. If you do so, change the result to a 6. Ooh. Yeah, Pretty boy. good. Yeah, uh, boy. The Mirror of Fates will cost you 15, 20, or 30 points respectively. For 15 points to throw on a war bargain. dog who's going to hold your home field anyway to get a 5-up mm -hmm. CP cycle, super good. Uh, a bargain. Yeah, absolute bargain. 20, 20 points on a on a quest or mid-sized mid, mid knight is also pretty nice. Um, yeah, it's pretty good. Yeah, I like this one a lot. All right, first of the Nurgle ones, the Putrid Carapace. Uh, again, Nurgle keyword, of course. Each time an attack with a damage characteristic of 1 is allocated to this model, add 1 to any saving throws taken against that attack, and then add 1 to this model's toughness characteristic as a favorite ability. So you can spike up to that nice T9. It is 20, 40, and 60 points, respectively. I think that is too many points to be viable on a Tyrant, straight up, and possibly yeah. too much to be to, on an Abaran as well. 40 points. Ugh, yeah, that's it's a lot. rough. The, the thing with the Nurgle favors in general, they feel like they're pointed, like they know it gives you access to the Act on Top Bracket strat, yeah. which is a little annoying, because it's like none of the other ones seem to pay that price. 
Oh, um, dude, the yeah, normal I'd... ones definitely feel gated by their strat access. Well, exactly right. I'd pay hundred, happily pay forty points for plus one toughness if this was flipped right. around for, yeah. for just starting with plus one toughness for forty points. That's okay. I, it's it's a, still a lot of points, but it's a lot more palatable. But only paying for for plus one save against damage one. How yeah. many people are going to shoot their bolters into my knight anyway? I'm already, they're already wounding on sixes, and I'm getting a two plus. Oh, sorry, a three plus. Getting a two plus on that is not going to make a difference. Um, yeah, the place where this approximates yeah. good is on a tyrant because you're on a two up base, but so dude. you're knocking damage one weapons. They need AP three to start taking you off a two up. You're at seven hundred points for that. Yeah, yeah, it's a million now. points. It's nuts. That's you know, <laughs> mm. it's not, it's not great. No, it's not. I mean, some of the stuff I'd love to see on this would be I um, I'd love this on a um, a renegade lancer to be honest. Um, yep. If they ever add Sarasus to this, which doesn't feel like they will, um, if that if, like a lancer going in, because that that guy most of the time, the way I see him used, he doesn't hunt big stuff that much. He waits for the big stuff to come to him and goes out and smashes your intercessors, smashes your your little holding stuff. He so kills you know, your nonsense kills your nonsense, and he's a pain in the balls to go and kill. So yep. yeah, I, I like this one the best there. Um, all, right, all right, next one. Next up is blessing of a thousand poxes. Uh, you gain the Nurgle keyword. Each time your model makes a melee attack, an unmodified hit roll of six automatically wounds. The favorite ability is each time this model makes a ranged attack, an unmodified hit roll of six automatically wounds. Uh, this one runs you the cost of 15, 30, or 15, respectively. Uh, I think this one's not great. Uh, no. Most knight stuff does not struggle for wounding. You're essentially paying points for this thing to have the Nurgle keyword. Like, well, this we buff is very whatever. Um... So we it's often is better to just, you know. Yeah. <laughs> we said it before. All their profiles, have ne none of their profiles have ever struggled for strength. The, right. Like, the, usually they've struggled for either the right damage because it's been D6s and, and weird wonky stuff, or it's been rend, not enough rend in Armour Contempt. Um, so strength is never an issue, e.g. this is just unfortunately not that good. Um, yeah. Last one of the Nurgles is Aura of Corruption. Um, gets a no good keyword, of course. Um, the model has the following ability. Corruption of the body. Uh, whilst an enemy unit is within six of this model, subtract one from the strength characteristics of models in that unit. And then the favorite ability. This model has the following ability. Corruption of the soul. While an enemy unit is within six of this model, subtract one from the toughest characteristics of models in that unit. I don't hate this. This one's pretty good, but yeah. read the price. Oh, oh no. Okay. Uh, <laughs> don't do this to me. 35, 35, 25. Ah, I mean... It's at its uh, best, I think, on a war dog, and you pay for that privilege. A Thirty, it is because you just want to sneak that guy around next to people, not put him, not put it, he or she actually into the combat, um, and risk him because it is a, uh, yeah, you want to sit just behind your front line with him and just debuff right. and only put only send it in when you have to, because um, minus one strength, man, that changes a lot of the damage into the toughness seven and toughness eights, like it, a lot. Yeah, this is up the math big time into yeah. into toughness eight specifically. Yeah, hugely. Um, but it's just like it's how many points? But it's it's one where you really do not need the um the favorite ability as well. It doesn't matter. Like the the first bit is the buy. No. Yeah, it's yeah. You're there for the first part for sure. The yeah. the other thing to consider with this is remember this as like one of the defensive ones when we get to the other defensive ones later because those do a lot more bang for the buck. Okay. Well, take us away. Alrighty. So we're up to Slanesh, which is anything but defensive. <laughs> um, this model gains the Slanesh keyword. This is Quicksilver Throne. The model is able to reform heroic interventions as if it were a character. And at the start of the fight phase, this model fights first. The favorite ability is each time this model piles in or consolidates, it moves D3 plus 3 instead of just 3. This will cost you 15, 20, or 10 points, respectively, uh, for each of the 
various tiers. This one's pretty good. Yeah, it's fine. Uh, yeah, it's, it's totally fine. Totally respectable. Decent it's, price point. Decent bus. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And, and you don't you don't need the favorability. It's fine without it. Just a heroic intervention option is is yep. just fine. This is um, one of those ones where if it applied to a whole war dog unit, it would be super good. Oof, uh, it'd be amazing. Yeah. Um, Beguiling Majesty is up next. Of course, you gain the slash keyword. Each time a melee attack is made against the, this model, subtract one from the attack's hit roll and subtract one from the attack's wound roll. And the favored ability, this model gains the following. Beguiling Majesty Aura. Whilst an enemy within six of this model, subtract one from the attack's characteristic of this. I expect this to be pretty expensive. It is. It is 20, 40, 40. Uh, this might be my favorite one so far. I like this a lot. When you were playing, this one's in, really in, rough to get hit by. <laughs> yeah, when you were playing Infernal, is it in, no? Is it Iconoclast? Is the full send? Yeah, Iconoclast is you're getting in there. Is, is the full send? This is a beautiful rampager, like a beautiful rampager. Yes, this is. It's really difficult to hurt this guy uh, in melee. Obviously, minus one to hit, yeah. minus one to wound. Like, who cares if you don't make the favorite ability? That's already amazing value. Yeah, yeah, you're just not getting killed in melee with this. You're like, okay, already. Next up, we're up to Subjugator Machine Spirit. In your movement phase, each time this model advances or falls back till the end of your shooting phase, it counts as having remained stationary, which is pretty good. Um, essentially, fall back and shoot. Uh, if this model, the favorite ability though, is if this model is eligible to declare a charge on a turn in which it fell back or advanced. Or advanced. That's where it gets good. Because I was about to say, there's no reason to ever take this on a big night until that last bit. Yeah, that second part is really powerful. It's a, a little rough to trigger, right? So you need a guy that has like a gun or psychic and some melee. Um, obviously, it's better in Iconoclast because once you're in melee. Um, but if you can, if there's a way to essentially, because of the first part, you can advance and shoot, right? Yeah. So what you can do with this is you can advance, shoot, try and trigger kill it, something, charge. trigger it, and then charge. Mm, that it's is a little hard. risky. It but is, you can do it. You're going to feel like like the true, you know, Lord of the Knights when yes. you pull it off. It's going to be great. How many points does it set you back? So this one's a pricey buy-in. We have 15, 30, and 20. Uh, it's 20 on the Tyrant, because obviously that thing doesn't want to advance and charge. Nah. It is 30 on the mid-class and 15 on the War Dog. It's actually pretty cheap on a War Dog, honestly, all yeah. things considered. Um, I, I like this a lot. I like this yep, a lot. this one's really good. Mm. These... This one, these last two are unfortunate because again they give you the slanesh keyword. So yeah. giving banshees full rerolls yes. to hit wind against you Rough. is not great. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, like all of a sudden, a ten a ten man dark troop unit from Harlequins just becomes oh, yeah, just a, 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 a god ending killing machine. Like yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yep. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, all right. These are the undivided ones. This one is Mark, ones. Mark of the Dread Knight. This model gains Pantheon undivided keyword, as will the next two as well. There's no need to say it anymore. Each time this model would lose a wound, roll 1d6 on a 6. It is not lost. Okay. Um, and then the favorite ability, it goes off on a 5+. plus. 5+, plus feel no pain. This Woo! better be like 50 freaking points. 20, 40, 60. 40 points is probably fair on an abhorrent class. Um, even 20 on a war dog is... is Okay, it's actually a bit. You wouldn't do it on a war dog. It's on. It's on I an abhorrent. On a war dog. Really? If you war Tell dog, me why. Yeah. So there's a relic later that essentially makes one of your war dogs more important than your other ones, and this is totally palatable. Oh, okay. Guy. I don't have the full context because right now it's just yes. been like, well, I just kill that one last, and who cares? It's only one war dog. Um, I mean, there's some war dogs that you can make like a right now problem where your opponent yeah. has to deal with it. That's so fair. Like, that's fair. Uh, it's it's totally like this is one of my favorite marks. It's not super interesting, right? This is a pretty flat ability, but it's really, really, really powerful. Mm, this is really freaking good, man. Uh, yeah. What's the next one? 
Next up, we have Workborn Stalker, which is welcome to the jank tank, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, uh, this, model, arrived. this model gains the Pantheon Undivided keyword. During deployment, you can set this model up in the warp instead of setting it up on oh, the battlefield. Yeah. If you do so, during the reinforcement step in one of your movement phase, you can set this model up anywhere anywhere on the battlefield that is more than nine inches away from enemy models. Deep Striking Knight. Yeah, boy. Favorite ability, once per battle, at the start of your movement phase, you can remove this oh, model from the battlefield. God. And then during the reinforcement step of okay. your next movement phase, you can set it back up. At least it didn't say the same. If it said the same movement phase, like it's a gate, like you just auto gate, oh pick up and God. put down. Yeah, that'd be wild. <laughs> uh, but as it sits, this is still freaking great. Yep. Super good. Deep Striking Knight is very interesting. It's pricey, but uh, it's good. So this one is 15, 30, and 30, respectively. That's not too bad. Yeah. And again, a lot of these lists end up with points left over at the end, and if mm. you just want to pick up a benefit at all, because you'll play against Tau sometimes and need to be in Deep Strike and not on the board with your really expensive knight, yeah, uh, it's good to have the ability to do that. I agree. I think this is really cool. I, I, I love the idea of it as well. All right, this is the tippy-top last one, and the last thing we'll be covering this episode. This is Blessing of the Dark Master. Um, Panther to divide it, of course. Each time an attack is made against this model, your opponent cannot re-roll the hit roll, cannot re-roll the wound roll, and cannot re-roll the damage roll. And the favorite ability, each time an attack is made against this model and a modified hit roll of 1, 2, 3 uh, fails, irrespective of any abilities the weapon or the attacking model may have. So that means, uh, wow, that's that's light sadeth goodness for the favorite ability and no re-rolls on a big old knight. How many? This better be expensive as hell. It's nope. not. It's 20, 30, 50. That's totally reasonable. Okay, every list, please take that. <laughs> it's yep. really good. It's first, it, my lists start down whatever this costs on my biggest oh night. My this goes God. on my biggest night without fail every time. That's incredible, man. That is incredible. Yeah. So remember what I was saying earlier about a Aura of Corruption suffering for comparison later? Yeah. This is cheaper than Aura of Corruption. Yes, is. it is. What? And it's better. It's yeah. better. Oh man. Okay. Okay. Everyone starts with everyone starts, you know, minimum was it twenty points down? Uh, on it an, depends on what size of the night. This usually goes on an abhorrent thirty. 30. Yeah, you, yeah, we're going to abhorrent for sure. Yeah, starts you start you start your list at nineteen seventy, guys, because Blessing yep. of the Dark Master should should be making the cut. Damn, that's fantastic. All right. That's going to bring us to the end. I love that we're ending on like a massive high note as well, because this book has yes. been it started off pretty lackluster, like the households were just eh. Um, well, yep. the, well, the first half of the households, the infernal sides were pretty spicy. Um, yeah, the infernal side's really good, and then once you get to the customs and iconoclast, you're oh, in the money. Yeah, oh yeah, you're in the money. Um, but yeah, this is this is a great, a pretty deep and great tree. Once again, um, I like the um, the oaths is the the freaking whatever it is for the imperial side. It's a fair bit of bookkeeping. You're gonna have to keep a tally of each knight's. Now, each knight's wounds and their um, which buffs they have or debuffs, if they've taken any of those um, infernal buffs and debuffs, and then you have to take, keep account of how many kills they've got and yep. which which where you are on your pathway through the, the dreaded abilities and all that stuff as well. There's actually quite a bit of bookkeeping we're still going to get to, but it's all coming together as a pretty spicy bundle. Um, dude, what, what, should, what should we close this on? Um, stay the course. We went through some of the stronger stuff in the book. Chaos Knights have, in my opinion infinitely better data sheets than Imperial Knights. If you could apply the I'd Imperial Knights yeah. book buffs to Chaos Knight data sheets, this would make Nids and like release Drukari and release Custodes look like child's play. Um, this book is really, really good on the back of its data sheets 
which means that you don't have to have a bunch of conditional nonsense line up in a game for your army to be really powerful. And, it and, just does what it says on the tin. And the exact opposite was true for the Imperial Knights, man. Like the data sheets were the weakest point. You just, but you can layer like. 10 different buffs on per data yeah, sheet. Yeah, nonsense if, levels if, of yeah. buffs. Yeah, if you're willing to go down the rabbit holes, you can make whichever dude do whatever you need if, if you're you know good enough with the book. Uh, this is really exciting, really exciting. Plus, the model's so much better for Chaos Knights. Um, yes, but, dude, that's awesome. we're going to wrap this up. We've got a beautiful um, Chaos Knights Q&A lined up thanks to our lovely patrons and sponsors and um, supporters. So if you ever want to get involved on the, the supporter side of things, get your questions, answers, list reviewed, talking about your memes and other fringe topics, please go over to support us over on Patreon at The Art of War Then Under or, or on theartofwar40k.com. Um, my man, Anthony, thank you so much again, dude. Uh, we'll tune off for this one. We'll go over and record part two. Hopefully you guys will join us there. And yeah, anything you want to say? Uh, yeah, I am super active in both the Art of War Patreon discords. If you ask me questions, I will answer them, which is a benefit to subbing to Adam that you don't necessarily need to windmill man. slam money into the individual bits of the really expensive coaching components if you just have like a couple basic questions you need answered sub to the man's patreon i will answer you there i've got some other great people in there as well i had a gentleman ask me is Stu trainer active because uh, you've got some gray night questions oh, so i yeah, said yeah he's he is, super man. Active there. J- jump in like if yeah it's all, all so many faction specialists lurk in my discords um yep. <laughs> so come and join in guys um if not take care and we'll see you on the next one guys look after yourselves love you all and be kind to each other good night Thank you for listening to Art of War Down Under, a content review podcast for Warhammer 40K, hosted by Adam Camilleri, produced by Seamus Ronan. Enjoyed the show? Want your lists reviewed and the content you heard put into practice? Sign up to our Patreon and connect with us online or on Facebook. Just search for Art of War Down Under, signing out from tomorrow. Tomorrow.